Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Good morning, Muskoka. I hope you're all having a beautiful Saturday morning. I'm Kelly, local registered art therapist and phototherapy specialist and practitioner here in downtown Huntsville. And I'm your host of Mental for Art, the show that offers creative alternatives to talking it out. Because sometimes talking isn't enough and sometimes it is, but it needs a little bit of extra. So as you know, this show is about you and your daily concerns. And I'm just here on the other side of the mic to support you with those concerns using a variety of art or photo-based activities. So just a little something from me to you to help you see when you're stuck, where you're stuck, help you change your focus, and perhaps help you view your world just a little bit differently. Because as you know, when we see things differently, we react differently. And when we react differently, that's when change occurs. That's where change resides. So Let's get right into this week's episode and topic of conversation, which is one that comes from one of my listeners, but also resides close to home. And that topic of conversation is entitled how to care for mental illness, or more specifically, in relation to this show is how to care for someone you love that is living with or struggling with a mental illness. Now, I say this is also a topic of conversation that is close to home because, like many of us, I too know someone who is struggling to care for a loved one living with a mental illness. So I know how hard it's been for them, and I know how hard it will continue to be for them because the mental illness their loved one has is not one that will ever go away. It is part of who they are, and it will be a lifetime journey for them. And as such, um, you know, a journey of a lifetime for their partner, you know, for the individual that I know. So caring for a loved one, you know, with a mental illness is not easy. Some would say it's as hard for the loved one doing the caring as it is for the loved one living with and struggling with the mental illness. It weighs heavy on both. And if there was anything that ever required empathy and patience, this would be it. This would be the time. This would be the journey. Because caring for someone you love who has a mental illness takes patience and understanding. You know, it takes empathy and love. And it requires supporting without judging and and, an awareness without knowing, you know, without knowing what it actually feels like to experience the illness itself. You know, the symptoms, the ongoing battle of, of trying to feel better, of trying to overcome what it is they're struggling with. So whether it be depression or anxiety, alcoholism, drug abuse, or even schizophrenia, because serious mental illnesses often have a biological component. They are not the result of bad parenting and and probably couldn't have been prevented by anything that you as a friend or family member might have done differently. Yet even still, as the caregiver, It's normal to feel a range of sometimes unpleasant emotions and even powerful ones. You know, for instance, it's not abnormal to feel some shame, you know, ashamed or hurt or embarrassed by a family member whose behaviors can be difficult to understand and deal with. It's not even uncommon to feel anger, you know, at the the situation, at the circumstances, and even at the person themselves who has been diagnosed. And though it may not be logical, 
you know, parents often engage in some degree of self-blame. And concurrently, such feelings of shame and anger may also go hand in hand with those feelings of guilt. Parents, in particular, often have to readjust their hopes and expectations for the future when their child develops a serious mental illness. You know, in the process, you might, you might grieve for the future you thought your child would have. Those, those feelings or these feelings, though difficult, are totally normal. Caregivers are essentially put in a position that is often unexpected. We don't anticipate these events or illnesses happening. And when they do occur, we're often in a position not equipped to handle them. We don't receive training along the way for these kinds of concerns or illnesses, just in case they happen. It's not until they happen that we find ourselves perhaps ill-equipped to deal with them. And that's when we reach out for help or seek support in how to care for our loved ones. And, you know, what a position that is to be put in. Here we have someone we care a great deal about who is struggling with a mental health issue, and we don't have the faintest idea how to help them, what to do or say to make them feel better, or even how to fix it for them, which is often what we want to do, right? Especially as parents. However, we can't fix it because fixing the problem is not within our capacity, not with mental illness. But I get and appreciate the desire to want to fix it because seeing someone you love in pain is hard, especially if we can't relate to their struggle. Seeing someone who's caring for someone who's in pain is, is hard too, right? But the best way that any one of us can do or the best that we can do is to encourage them to get themselves outside support or as a parent, arrange for that support for them. You know, outside, um, outside of that, we can be empathetic and, and validate their feelings. This is really important. You know, validate how hard it must be for them, how difficult what they are going through must be. You know, empathize. Empathy goes a long way um, in, in situations like this. So it, it's okay for you to say, I don't know how to help you, but I'm sorry you're hurting. You know, that's showing empathy, you know, rather than saying something like, I know you're having a hard time, but it could be worse. Or, you know, remember, you still have a lot to be thankful for because that's not going to be helpful. You know, when we when we empathize with people in our lives without needing to hold their circumstances up against our own or anyone else's, we lessen the chance of making our loved ones feel alone, you know, in what they are going through, feel alone in their pain, or rather, you know, we and and rather we strengthen the chance that they'll be vulnerable enough to reach out to us in their time and times of need. We strengthen that trust bond when we're empathetic, right? Rather than judgmental. We strengthen that trust bond that is so essential to their healing, so essential to them not feeling like there's something wrong with them rather than there's something happening to them. There's a huge difference, right, in how we approach this. So, so far we've talked a bit about, you know, caring for our loved ones and, and what that looks like. You know, for instance, what to say and do and how to respond, like I said, with empathy and, and how to validate their feelings. But we have yet to talk about how to care for you, you know, how to care for ourselves as the caregivers. And we will get into that as well as a creative process or two to try to support 
um, support you, you know, and try in support of you and your feelings. However, first we are going to have to take a, a short break, which we always do. So I want you to go grab a glass of water or a cup of coffee, a nice hot tea, uh, use a powder room or, or whatever you need to do and give some thought to your feelings and what you've been going through or experiencing as a result of being the caregiver to someone you love. You know, if you have that experience, tap into those feelings, try and get in touch with those feelings over the break so that we can address them um, when we come back. And I will see you shortly. Buy Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. So welcome back to Mental for Art. I'm Kelly, your host and local registered art therapist and phototherapy specialist and practitioner here in downtown Huntsville. I love Huntsville. I love Muskoka. So if this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome. It's always nice to have new listeners and new concerns to talk about, new things to brainstorm ideas around. And, you know, also, if you are new, then feel free to catch up on any missed episodes of Mental for Art. Um, and you can do that by visiting the Hunter's Bay website. All you have to do is just click on what's on, I believe, and scroll down to Mental for Art. And, you know, when you're scrolling, scrolling down through all of the shows that are on, have a look. There's some amazing shows out there that you'd probably be um, really interested in and, and take full advantage of. So, And I'd also like to thank any of those of you who are returning for taking the time out of your Saturday morning. Um, to give me the opportunity to talk about different everyday concerns with you and, and try and offer some creative alternatives and approaches to how those concerns affect you and, and how you might work them out. So now, um, you know, getting back to today's episode, for those of you who are just tuning in, today we are focusing on what it looks and feels like to be a caregiver to someone we love. Um, to someone who is struggling with a mental or physical illness. You know, in other words, what it entails emotionally for us to be in a position of having to look after someone or care for someone or support someone that we love that is struggling with a mental or physical illness. Because if we don't look after ourselves, then we won't be in a mental or physical state to be able to do the caring. And that wouldn't be good, I know a lot of us who care about these people, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to miss that opportunity to be there for them. So, and you know, there's a reason they tell you to put on your ox oxygen mask first in the event that something goes wrong on a plane, because we're no good to anyone else, especially those we love, if we aren't mentally and physically okay ourselves. I always think of that when I'm on a plane. It's a great analogy. So, you know, if we were to take that same plain analogy or example and, and apply it here, what oxygen mask could you put on in the event that something goes wrong or, or happens to someone you care about and you find yourself in a position of being the one to care for them? Now, some of you are already in this position of caregiver and some of you may find yourself in that position one day. But regardless, there, there are ways in which we can care for ourselves before and, and during that can support our own mental and physical well-being so that we are in a healthy position to care for, for that loved one. Um, you know, creative ways, as that's what this show is all about, right? 
creative ways, art-based or photo-based activities or habits. I'm, I'm hopeful and encouraging that, you know, these activities that I put out there become habit that we can rely on or turn to or, or adopt in order to support our own well-being now and, and throughout our life. You know, art and photo-based activities and hopefully, like I said, habits, pardon me, that will help relieve some of that uncertainty, some of that anger, shame, hurt, embarrassment, or grief, you know, all of which we talked about in the first half of the show, those unpleasant and powerful emotions that are completely normal for you to experience and feel when you find yourself in the position of having to care for someone who is struggling mentally and or physically. So what might be a good creative activity that you could do to support yourself or, or support your own well-being in this kind of a situation? Well, um, let's think now. One art activity that does come to mind and one that I have found to have a positive effect or or if done often enough, a lasting effect is one that I refer to as the ugly mess. And it's just as it sounds. It's a painting activity that requires no talent. In fact, quite the opposite as the purpose of this activity is to create a painting and the larger, the better that looks and feels messy and ugly. That looks and feels just like what you're going through that visually mirrors the thoughts and feelings, some of which might fall into that unpleasant and powerful category that we possibly don't want to admit to, but that need to come out regardless, right? That need to be given permission to surface, to be acknowledged and be seen for what they are. Because if we keep them hidden, if we keep pushing them down or pushing them to the side, guess what's gonna happen? They're going to keep coming back. They will keep rising up and getting in the way of our own mental and physical well-being. And then what? You know, it's, it's like when we're not feeling well, sometimes stuff has to come out, right? Because if it's kept inside, we're just going to get even sicker. So it's the same thing emotionally. If we keep those feelings inside, they will get worse. And then we will, in turn, become even sicker. So, like I said, they will keep rising up and getting in the way of our own mental and physical well-being. And then what? Well, that, that is when we will find ourselves on that plane, so to speak, unable to breathe because we neglected to put on our own oxygen mask first. We neglected to take care of ourselves so that we could then take care of those we love when they need us the most. So I really encourage you to give this painting activity a try and not just once, but any and all times that you feel those unpleasant and powerful emotions coming to the surface. <coughs> Pardon me, let them out. Let them be as ugly and messy as they feel or as they need to be. Acknowledge them, acknowledge that you feel them. Take a good look at that painting you've created. Appreciate it for its ugliness and its mess. And if it doesn't feel ugly or messy enough, then keep going with it. And then acknowledge that the situation you found yourself in is having an effect on you. Because how could it not? Someone you love is struggling and you want to make that struggle go away. 
But again, as we talked about previously, we can't fix someone else's mental or physical illness. We can only support them to the best of our abilities and encourage them to get the professional help and support they need. So be empathetic and validate their feelings. And that's the best way you can help them. And then using this activity is a great way for you to help yourself, which in turn will leave you better equipped, both mentally and physically, to help those you love. Now, in terms of a photo-based activity that will support those same unpleasant and powerful emotions, I would suggest trying a similar technique just with photographs or images. So instead of using paints, gather some old magazines or newspapers and rip and tear out pictures and images that resemble the ugliness and messiness of the feelings that you're experiencing. Rip and tear those pictures and images as this will add another element or another layer of physicality to the activity that will support the emotional release that we're essentially looking for in this activity, right? That we're essentially looking for in order to better your mental health. And then just place those pictures and images down haphazardly on a large sheet of paper. Move them around or mess them up even more. Mess them up until those feelings have lost their power or you've just lost the, the desire to work with them. Because that's when you know you will have emptied that emotional tank, so to speak, and have made room for more caring, you know, for more um more strength and more capacity to care for the loved one that's in need of your, your support, right? Because it's going to take a lot. Uh, I'm not going to kid you. A mental illness, um, someone living with a mental illness, they need support and they need lots of it and they need empathy and they need someone who is going to just validate their feelings and not pretend they don't exist, not try to redirect them, let those feelings be what they are. The same as I'm, I'm encouraging to, you to do in these activities. Let those feelings that come up, that grief, that shame, that anger, that embarrassment, whatever it is, let it be what it is. Let it come out in these activities. Yeah, and that, my friends, brings us to the end of this month's episode for Mental, Mental for Art. I was just thinking a few more things, but we can get into that at another time. Anyway, I really want to thank you for joining me and for taking the time out of your Saturday morning to make my Saturday morning one to be remembered. Um, I look forward to meeting you back here again next month when I will address yet another everyday concern and hopefully provide you with a creative activity or approach that will offer some support in whatever it is that you're going through. So please keep your emails coming because I, I do love reading them. And I thoroughly, I say this every week or every month, I thoroughly enjoy brainstorming creative ideas. I wish there was a job that was um, available where I could just brainstorm ideas. Um, that would support my mental health. Anyway, um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy brainstorming creative ideas that will support you with, with them. So Please be sure to send those emails and letters to Kelly at Picture Yourself Well using the subject line Mental for Art so that they don't go overlooked. I'd hate for that to happen. And until then, this is Kelly, your host of Mental for Art, wishing you all positive growth and healing. Have a wonderful month, everyone. And please remember that the best way to put a little happiness in your day is to color someone else's. So keep coloring it forward, and I will see you soon.